Talk to an artist is part of 723 Ministries at Lovers Lane United Methodist Church. To support our continued work in West Dallas, text LLUMC to 77977 and designate the funds as 723 Ministries. Thank you for helping us continue this important work. Welcome to Talk to an Artist. My name is Macy Liptoy. I'm the pastor of 723. And today I have with me Kwame David Lilly. Hey, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So Kwame has performed um, at Art Cults almost every time, right? Right. It's, I think, out of the, what, 11 or 10 times I've done like eight performances so far. Nice. One has been different and everyone has been a unique and very exhilarating experience. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so you've been a part of kind of this whole inception of art cultivation and artillery since almost the get-go, which is really awesome. So if you haven't gotten a chance to check out art cultivation, I invite you to join us at the end of June when we're doing duets, which will be really cool. Um, so why don't you take just a little bit of time so people who haven't gotten to see you perform or do what you do to tell us a little bit about who you are and what your kind of art form is and what you do at art cultivation. Yes. Yeah, so usually anytime anyone asks me, you know, what do you do? Um, I usually just throw out the blanket statement of I'm a performance artist because that usually entails dance, singing, um, sometimes choreography, you name it. Um, but at the core, I'm basically just a movement artist. Um, I love any projects that are very physically inclined, um, whether that is something I already know how to do or using the skills I already have to learn a new physical thing. Um, so anytime you see me at Art Cult, more than likely, I'll probably do some kind of clowning routine. Um, I remember doing a shirtless juggling routine once. <laughs> um, or you'll see me just, you know, emoting to some music and just, you know, going that route but it'll always be physical. Awesome, that's super cool, yeah. I think I, I think I was there when you did the shirtless juggling thing and it was like really <laughs> funny, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. Um, yeah. So you talk about how it's your performance artist, so what kind of got you into this work of, you know, movement and dance and performing? You know, it's not something, you know, little kids don't get to see. Right. That, that's an option growing up and like you have this great, great, chance to really live into your gift and do what you love so what how'd you get into this so oddly enough um in true story i used to love watching like hip-hop and r&b videos um my favorite artist was Aaliyah, and she's gone now um but i used to watch her videos and see the background dancers and i'm like i want to do that <laughs> um so it started with that but then i fell in love with you know movies and acting and literally, you know, I couldn't take formal classes growing up, like in middle school or high school. So my only option to train and learn was to just do musical theater. Um, so took the musical theater route, and then from there, actually went to school for it. Um, but I initially just started for performance and directing because I honestly, I didn't think, I, I thought it was too late for me to learn the technique and stuff. But I had a good friend in college that basically told me freshman year, nope, you're going to be a dancer when this is done. And I'm like, ah, whatever. But I took so many musical theater classes, so many dance classes that I graduated with a concentration in um, directing and performing and musical theater. Um, I could have went for a dance minor, but I was like, I don't need a paper for that. I took the classes. <laughs> um, 
here I am. I've been kind of performing ever since. And like I say, it's always a new thing because a lot of the time it's hard to find males that do it all. Um, and so I always kind of get the upper hand because, you know, I can move, I can do a little ballet, I can do a little everything. And they're like, we'll work with you. And I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> Let's get yeah, I must it. say, guys, like you were the bane of my existence when I was in musical theater because, like, guys always get cast and girls, there's like 50 of us fighting for like four roles. Right. That was honestly, that's how I got to be used. And honestly, like, that's the other crazy thing. Cause there were so many really good girls and it's just like with guys, they're just like, well, if you just have the passion for it, we'll teach you how to do it. And me, that's all I need is like, if you're going to give me a shot, Oh, I'm going for it. I'm going for it. Especially if you're going to train me. Like, um, I work currently with uh, prison movement theater and it's crazy because before I worked for them, I would have never thought I'd done a ballet sword fight. And it's just like, first of all, ballet is not my first love. I'll just throw that out there. And then you're going to throw a sword in there too? Let's get it. Like, <laughs> but yeah, you just keep on trucking, live, learn, and soak up all you can. And that's the great thing about being a movement artist is if you're always open to learn, you're going to be constantly learning new things that will help you for that project and projects to come. That's awesome. So real quick, this is not a question I asked you, but now I'm curious. Was there a favorite show that you did in musical theater? Yes, actually. So my, <laughs> it was a show that one of the professors said that they took a chance on me, but they did the whiz. And I'm not even going to lie. Um, at that point in the department, I hadn't really like proven myself yet. They just knew me as the person that was always on time. Of course, I always had A's. Yes, I'm sorry. That's just me. I was proud. Um, and it was just like, well, he has all this passion, but he really has no, like, technique just yet. And so the director even told me, he was like, honestly, I took a chance on you. Um, but the thing about me is I'm going to work my tail off. And so I got cast as the wizard himself. Um, and, yep, I was totally stoked. Um, and then found out, <laughs> in addition to dancing, in addition to singing, and, of course, acting, I found out the, um, one of the technical directors on the project as another uh, student um, constructed the Wiz to be this 10-foot-tall walking thing. And, of course, I'm like, okay, cool. How are we going to do that? Um, and he was like, we're going to put you on painter stilts. Never had walked on stilts in my life. But I learned that day. And literally, oh. barely a few hours, he started, like, on the basic level, and he was like, okay, just get used to walking. And he was like, all right. And now we go up to the full thing. And I'm like, let's do it. <laughs> um, but oddly enough, that was just like, I love that show. I got to sing. Um, I actually think that that show helped me find my voice and kind of let me know that I had a voice. Now, I won't say I'm the best singer, but I can character sing any song from here to London. Um, and I feel like that show kind of helped me find that and be confident in that. And I was able to put that I could walk on painter silts. Fast forward, literally, I think, yeah, not even a year ago, I actually got a gig walking for uh, the Dallas Opera, but walking on peck stilts. Um, but all because it started way back then with that gig, um, walking on painter stilts. But that's my yeah. life. holy grail show. And hopefully I'll be able to do it again one day. But Love that show today. Oh, that's so cool. I would say when they did it on, I think they did it on NBC a couple years ago. Oh, I had, I had never seen it before and saw it for the first time. And it was incredible. So that's amazing. I love it. I love it. I love it. Such great music. Like killer music. 
So, um, you know, talking about learning new skills and walking on stilts and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, what's been the most difficult skill that you've had to learn kind of on the fly or you've been faced with and how did you overcome it? Was something that you kind of looked at and were like, Ooh, I don't know how I'm gonna do this, but I'm gonna do it. Well, there was a show and I don't think it's a skill per se, rather than like really stepping into someone's shoes that, you know, you're unfamiliar with. Um, but there are like two shows that I did. The one um, is called uh, Boys Next Door. Um, and I got to play a character called Lucian, who was like severely mentally handicapped. And of course, you know, I saw the role um, and the director, me and him had been in the show prior and he asked me to come out. Didn't think I was going to get it. I got it. Um, and like I said, it's a part for like a mentally handicapped man. So I was kind of afraid because one, I don't want to make fun of the role at all. Um, I want to do it correctly, but I want to do it honestly. Um, and so I just remember going to, because the director was Lon Barrera, um, and I remember going to him and I'm like, look, bro, <laughs> um, thank you for the opportunity, but I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, I love this part. I love this story because I really do love, like, different stories and things like that. Um, but I was like, how do, like, where do I even begin? Um, and he was like, just, you know, look, look up different people's lives and, you know, just go that way and just try to be as true and honest as you can. Um, oddly enough, in high school, there was one class I took where it was called Partner PE, where we would uh, partner with special ed uh, kids, um, and that kind of helped. Um, I would watch documentaries and all of that, and just kind of pay attention to some of the behaviors and all of that, um, and then just try and go that route and kind of approach it as honest as I could, rather than try to do something like, I guess, stereotypical or over the top. Um, and one day, it was weird because we were doing rehearsal. And like I said, I'm very sensitive about it. Um, we ran the scene. We got called to break. And I guess uh, the director, one of the director's friends had come. Um, <laughs> and after we were done, completely done with rehearsals, Lon came to me and was like, just so you know, um, you're doing so well that uh, my friend actually thought we hired an actual person that you know had a disability. And I was like, I didn't know how to take that. But I was like, OK, so I'm on the right track. <laughs> that's good um but just stepping into like you know something completely different that isn't like your story necessarily um it was very rewarding because you got to see him as him and then there's a point where he's trying to apply for his benefits again that he actually steps outside of his handicap so you got to see me the entire show you know be handicapped and then there's a moment where you see how he is on the inside um, and that, I wouldn't trade that experience for the world because that was just like one of the first times that, like I said, I did a story that necessarily wasn't my story, but I got to like walk the experience. Wow. What an incredible experience. That's, what, oh, that's powerful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So going along with kind of like experiences and shows you've done, um, through Art Cultivation, you've done a lot of really cool stuff. So what's been your favorite piece so far that you've done at Art Cult? I changed that question a little bit for you, but. It's all good. Um, at Art Cult, that's going to be hard. There are two. I know. Um, there's the uh, ballet sword fight, which, like I said, when Jeff came to me about that project, I was like, okay, cool. So I'm guessing you're going to hire a choreographer. You're the fight choreographer, and we're going to handle it. But the way that we did it, showed up to rehearsal, it's me, Jeff, and then uh, the other performer, Bethany, and she's like, oh, no, I trust y'all. We're just going, you know, do some, I'm going to show you basic fight and technique with the sword, um, and then I'm going to let y'all improv, and then we're going to create a story. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. 
Um, but we worked on that for like, not even a couple of months. We, we got on this feed pretty quickly. Um, and we did it once before we did it at Art Cult. But when we did it at Art Cult, it was like the last time that me and Bethany, I'm gonna try not to get emotional. Anywho, this is the last time me and Bethany actually got to do the piece. She went to um, grad school in Germany um, and that was right before she was gonna leave. And me and Bethany had partnered several times. So we're kind of like, you know, partners in the Metroplex. Um, and I just remember of every other time that we did it, that was like the most honest time. It was the most on point. Um, the emotion, even though I know it's an act or whatever, the emotion in it when I go to, you know, try and kill her, it, it was just weird because it was conflicting because I know, I'm like, okay, you can't care because you, you want her dead. And like, she's sitting there, but you know, the ending happens and it was great. I just remember holding her and me just like crying because I'm just like, this is a beautiful moment and hopefully we'll get to do this again. So that was my one favorite. Um, and then the other favorite was when I got to do Bruno and Louis and this is for Prism as well. Um, and just interacting with the crowd because they're like mimes. And of course, they're supposed to be mimes that can't talk, um, but we can say our names and we can say we and no. So just going around and interacting with the crowd, it was just so much fun. And then at the end of every art cult, and I promise this is my last favorite moment, but the end of every art cult where we get to like, just kind of be with all the performers and be with all of the audience members in the space. We get to jam out, hang out, connect. And it's just, it's always a really great experience. I was say, I think the first art cult I went to was um, last August. And it was with the one where, oh, I forget her name, the clown. That's just fantastic. You might remember her name. Uh, gee. And I know just... if I hadn't asked, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, but she did, she was there and you, you know, everyone lifted her up with like the rubber chicken. And there was this moment where I was like, yes, this is fantastic. Uh, so no, I actually saw her at, it was the first time we did sword piece at, uh, arts mission Oak Cliff. And I'm mm. trying to get her name because it's not Cecilia. It's crap. She's going to be so mad at me, <laughs> but I'm about to put it, I'll put it down on the bottom and be like, I give her credit. Like, this is who, this is who it is. But we, I met her there and I remember seeing her there um where she kind of just came into the crowd and was just like taking her time with her clowning piece but it was so funny and then when i saw her again um it was just like it was just so nice to see her in another space but she is always like that's another performer that is just so filled with light that that moment where like we were all in the center and then suddenly you know i'm lifting her and we're all like just like looking up toward her like it was just like all of her and it was just when you're around her, you can't help but to just be happy and kind of enjoy their life. And it seems like Art Cult brings a lot of artists that are like that, you know, to that space. Mm -hmm. So at the end, like, it's very genuine for us to, like, come to the center and just really anything can happen. <laughs> like, yeah. But, yeah, that was an awesome moment. That was an awesome moment. Great moment. <laughs> it's just, I think you, you nailed it in the fact that, like, that's kind of what Art Cult is, in essence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we talked about performances and a lot of what you guys do, especially with Prism Movement Theater. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, great. Um, is a lot of original work. Um, yes. So you're constantly kind of creating stuff. So I want to know what inspires you? What is some, is it, what in the world comes to you that you're like, ah, oh, this is what I want to create? Enough. Um, and I hate to be cliche, but people inspire me. Um, honestly, I talk to, a different, you know, array of people, whether that's artists, 
whether that's, you know, corporate coworkers. Um, and I'm not going to lie, there are just a lot of people that I get close to instantly. And so, you know how you're talking to a person and you just feel comfortable with them? Um, that usually happens. And when we exchange stories, it's just so crazy and human how we all go through some of the same stuff. And so when it comes to that, um, I had a professor that said, basically, you know, the only reason musicals happen or dancing happens is because, you know, when you feel something so, you know, I guess intense, you have to say something. And when you can't express it through saying it, you have to sing it. And when you can't express it through singing it, you have to dance it. And if you can't do any of that, then you figure something out, but it turns into this performance. Um, and so that's kind of how my movement pieces are. Um, whenever I've taken in a lot of kind of like emotional stimuli, whether that's from another person or me, um, usually either it'll be expressed or kind of dealt with in a song that I'm listening to. And usually that's where it stops. Like I'll listen to a song, it'll help me, it's therapeutic. But then if that same song keeps coming back, then it's like, Kwame, we got to do something to it. <laughs> we got to do something to it. Um, and usually that's how it works. It starts, you know, with just talking. Um, and then that kind of builds an emotion that kind of just like it's consistent in my soul um not to sound too spiritual or ethereal <laughs> but it's just something that usually builds up and then like it'll associate itself with the track and if the opportunity presents itself which oddly enough you know art codes came along when it did um then it's like you know everybody else is out here doing their thing Kwame I think it's time for you to do yours because not gonna lie um prism movement theater is kind of like my theater home right now um, and they were the ones that, like, I didn't know there were, there was a, a theater company that does just movement, because that's my thing. And so when I found out about it, I was like, let me go check them out. And I checked them out, and they were just, like, I was just in awe, and I was like, I have to do this. Not going to lie, I was intimidated by them, because I was like, yeah, they're not going to cast me, because they clearly got their stuff together. Um, but did King Lear with them, with only five people, he did a rendition of King Lear, wordless King Lear. Um, and ever since then, I've just kind of been riding with them. And a lot of people on the team just, you know, keep telling me, hey, I think you can do this. You can create your own thing. And I'm like, nah, it's okay. And like I said, Art Coast came around. I'd watched other people, got inspired by other people. And Jeff was like, hey, if you want to, there's a slot. You know, you can either do something by yourself or create something. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I did my first, um, I directed slash choreographed my first like trio. Um, and I had to be in it because I couldn't get another person, but that's okay. Um, I was in it and I had two other performers. Um, and I just remember after doing it um, for everybody, for the public, it was just an immense feeling of joy, um, gratitude for the people that pushed me to do it, gratitude for my performers, gratitude for the space and the opportunity. And it was just a lot of gratitude. And after that, I was just like, yeah, no, we, we have to keep doing this. We have to keep doing it. That's awesome. Oh, I'm so happy. Like, you made me feel so, like, inspired to, like, I'm, like, ready to go do stuff now. Like, let me go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so a hard kind of, not a hard shift, but it, we've been kind of at home for almost three months now. Yes. Yes, and um, I don't know about you, but I've spent a lot of time kind of watching stuff on Netflix and reading a lot of books and trying to use the time to just, you know, take care of myself. And so um, if you could recommend one either book or film, I gave the option, 
um, yeah. because I know some people don't are don't love reading, and so I want people to be able to have access accessible stuff um, right. for people to read or watch during this stay at home kind of order. What would you recommend, and why would you recommend it? So there is a book called "You Are a Badass" by Jen Sincero. I love that book, girl. Honestly, a friend gave me that book. I want to say, I'm so shamed almost four years ago for like, I think my birthday or Christmas. And I had told myself, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. I tried one time to just like read one chapter a day, but it just doesn't sink in. So right before actually this thing happened, uh, the pandemic happened, I was like, you know what? I'm going to read it. I'm going to start me a personal journey. And that's what we're going to do. And that's when all the stuff hit the fan. And I was like, you might as well get through it. But this book, it's, kind of different from other self-help books where other self-help books you're reading it and it just feels cheesy um but this one it's almost like every like human thought you could have about how cheesy this is she comes back and is like i know you're thinking it's like wait (laughs) but other than that it really does like empower you to let you know that you have all the tools you need to be successful in this life and it's just like anything that you think is ridiculous it's not that it's ridiculous It's that you've been trained to think that things are not possible and that certain things are ridiculous. Or every time, you know, you go to do something, you're met with um, some kind of feedback or negative energy. And it's like, that's because you're supposed to be doing it. You're always going to get like negative feedback when you're trying to push forward to something that's going to work for you and eventually everybody else. Um, But this book, like I just plowed through it and it, inspired me as well to just say yes to opportunities that's one big um like I guess lesson that it pushes is that if you want to do something and you throw that out there to the universe that you want to do it the universe is listening and it's going to say okay and it's going to hand you these opportunities and it's literally going to be up to you to say okay cool let's do it or oh no I'm not ready no you're you've always been ready everything that you've done in your life to get you where you are like it has prepared you to take this opportunity. If you weren't ready, you wouldn't have been presented with the opportunity. And even if you feel like, you know, I don't have the skills or I don't have whatever, whatever, if the door opened, apparently you're supposed to open, to walk through it to learn whatever you need to learn to do whatever that opportunity is. And so reading this book, like it kind of just really inspired me to just say yes to opportunities that scared me. I.e. Um, recently became for Prism Movement Theater, um, their education coordinator. And of course, me, when Jeff first came to me about it, um, I was just like, you want me to do what? <laughs> you know, I've just been performing for you for a while, right? I mean, yeah, I know I'm educated and yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, why? And he was like, just think about it. And then, you know, I went back to the book and the book was just like, bro, this is literally a whole opportunity handed to you. You have the skills and if you don't know how do you know how many people you know that has done this and do you know how many jobs you've done that has actually prepared you for this like we as humans like to low you know shoot ourselves and it's like look love you done graduated college you've worked for a whole children's theater you do summer programs independently like and why are you not ready for this how about we shut up and say okay and figure it out And you have a whole team that, you know, backs you up. So it's one of those things that, like, you just have to take into account the people you know, where you are, and, like, what has brought you here. And that book kind of, like, 
it opens your eyes to that. Of course, you probably already know this, but you sometimes need outside sources to kind of confirm what you already know. And that book, if you need some confirmation, some spiritual healing, some a kick in the pants or whatever, You Are a Badass is the book. Jen tells no lies, like at all. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. What a great kind of sentiment of like, you have all the tools necessary to do whatever you've been called to do. Um, you just gotta stay there. You gotta do it. <laughs> it's scary, but once you, and I don't know who said this, but right on the other side of fear is flight. And it's true. Like when you go, if you jump off that ledge, eventually whatever tools you need to fly, they're going to show up because you don't want to die. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Jump. Wow. Yeah, that's, oh, I need to go back and reread that book because I, I listened to a podcast where she was on it and she was talking about that of like, you, like, you listen to negative messages and that's why mm-hmm. you hold yourself back. But really, like, just say yes. Just as much as you can hear and listen to negative things, you can kind of hear and hang on to the positive things as well. Like, we just all naturally kind of accept the negative and go, that is what it is. But when someone, let's say someone gives you a compliment, and I didn't even know I did this until I was reading the book, but someone gives you a compliment, and it's like, instead of saying, oh, thank you, you go, oh, oh, this old thing, or oh, no, I've been having this since. And it's like, they said they liked it. They didn't say how long you've been having it. Like, <laughs> they liked it. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's a good word, man. Um, so in kind of the spirit of uh, telling people truths about who they are and calling them to kind of better things, um, if you could broadcast one sentence or two sentences, uh, I give people the option in case they want to say a little bit more. Uh, if you could broadcast one thing to the entire world and everyone would kind of receive it and soak it in and really be receptive to it, what would be your one thing that you'd want to get out there? What would be your message? Gratitude is a powerful thing. Mm. Gratitude. Um, What I've started doing in the past, I want to say month and a half, which has like changed me um, tremendously, is if a person crosses my mind or if, you know, I go to sleep and I dream about a person or whatever, and that's a person that I personally know, I will take out the time to message them and be like, thank you. Just thank you for being in my life. Uh, Thank you for whatever time we've shared thank you. Or just, you know, if anything happens that, you know, you couldn't do for yourself or just someone went out of their way, just be grateful. Because the more you are grateful, and this is going to be me sounding very spiritual, but it is what it is. We're um, in church. It's fine. (laughs) um, The more grateful you are, the more you'll receive. Mm. Like, you know, God and the universe, when they give things to you, you have to show your appreciation because they need to know that, you know, you actually needed it or that you're thankful for it. And just think about when you give a person something, if you give person A something and they're like, Oh my gosh, thank you. I appreciate it. And like almost overly gracious, you probably want to give them something again, again, versus somebody that you give them something. They're like, Oh, okay, cool. And it's like, Oh, so you, you don't need it. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. So just being grateful for, take a moment to be grateful for what you have. A lot of times we like to say that we don't have stuff or we need more things. No, sir. Like, take a second. And I, I do this daily now, too. Just take a mental inventory of the friends you have in your life, of, you know, your current situation. In uh, disregarding, you know, the fact that we're in a pandemic and you can't, you know, be that close to people, 
you actually still have people in your life. Um, you have a lot of things to be grateful for. And it's crazy at, at, you know, whenever you decide to be grateful for things, for what you have already, so many other things start coming. And then it's just like, you don't know what to do or what to say yes to, which is a great problem to have. Um, right. But you'd have more than what you've been grateful for. Just try it. Be grateful for your relationships that you've created. Be grateful for your family. Be grateful for waking up and you're breathing again. Like a lot of people can't say they've done that. So gratitude, it's, it's healing. It's productive. Um, it makes you feel good. And you don't know who that person that you reach out to. You don't know what light you've put into their life that they may have needed when you called them. And like, honestly, gratitude will change an entire person's mood. I know that I've, I've tried it. And it's just like the reaction that I get to just calling the person and saying, thank you. Just like, oh, okay, cool. And now we're both having a lovely day. And it's like, now pass that on to somebody else. Oh, that's a great message. Yeah. I think a yeah, reminder that like, we have a lot to be grateful for and that when we put that out there, the, like, the universe brings it back to us. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Just be and yeah, it's tough right now, but trust me, we, we'll get through it. We'll get through it. Um, this has happened, or pandemics have happened before, and we're all still here. I mean, we're a product of somebody that lived through something that we will never know about. Mm. It may be new to us, and I've talked to a lot of my friends, and I'm just like, at first, me being very naive, this was a new thing for me. Like, pandemic is a new thing for me. But then, you know, looking into it, it's like, oh, there have been other pandemics. So we're going to make it. We're going to make it. Just be there for families and friends that are going, you know, that have gotten the virus or know people that have gotten the virus um, and just be supportive. That's all you can do. That's a good word. Man, I have nothing else to say. That was really fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, you. Yeah. So Kwame, you can check him out and at Art Cultivation and at Prison Movement Theater um, and doing incredible things and join us next week. I think I have another guest obviously i have another guest i'm not sure who it is right now but <laughs> join us next week so thank you kwame so much for making the time and joining me i'm really thankful for you and for your gifts and your work at um 723 for sure thank you so much for having me like i said i'm always grateful for any opportunity thank you for the space and thank you for having me here to share my whatever with you all <laughs> i'm always <laughs> <to> share <laughs> that's fantastic